Well, let's welcome in our online people. Everybody look in the back and wave. Everybody that's watching us online this morning, give them a big hand. God bless you. We're glad that you're at West Houston Christian Center this morning. You want to get your Bible and your notebook. There's going to be some links that you can follow to connect to our webpage and find out anything you want to know about West Houston Christian Center. This broadcast is going all over the world. Thank you, Lord. Amen. So we want to welcome the whole world into our sanctuary this morning. Well, I get the honor now to introduce our senior pastor, Pastor Jack R. Pigeon. He's going to bring us the word this morning. Amen. Let's honor the man of God. Amen. As he comes with the word. Amen. Let's all stand to our feet this morning. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Father, we praise you today for your goodness, your grace, your mercy. Lord, we, don't, we can't understand how much you loved us. But Lord, we're gathered here today because of what you did years ago. And so we praise you and we just thank you for today that you're going to be glorified and your people are going to be blessed. And we thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Lord. You may be seated. I appreciate our praise team from working on that. I mentioned to Miss Robin and Mr. Steve, I don't know, two months ago, I said, I would like an Easter choir. And they blessed us. And I thank you. Thank you for doing that. Amen. Amen. John three sixteen. For God so loved the world. We are here today because God so loved the world. Now the world means everybody. For God so loved the world that he needed a sacrifice. He needed something that equaled in love what the world produced in evil. For God so loved the world. This morning, across in uh, Egypt and Israel, people that went to celebrate Easter service were killed by radicals, and over 200 people were killed. For God so loved the world. We just celebrated 20 years of Columbine where two students went and killed, I think 13 people. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoso, whoso would believe in him would not perish but have everlasting life. For God so loved the world. Did God know what the world was going to be like? Did he know there was going to be murders and killings and suicides and, and sin running rapid? Did God know that? God knows everything. But God so loved the world. The punishment of creation must equal the crime. You understand what I'm saying? Punishment must equal the crime. If it doesn't, we have no law system. 
So when God saw into eternity and saw all that was going to happen, for God so loved the world. So when God looked around heaven, there has to be a punishment that will equal all the sin. Are you understanding what I'm saying? And he looked at his only begotten son and he said, I'm going to put all the sin on you. In order for love to be manifested, it must exceed the worst. How do you judge love when it's not determined by the activity? When love does not even look at the offense. For God so loved the world. And he knew everything that was going to happen. Isaiah 53, 720 years before Jesus. How many know that's a long time? Isaiah 53, 720 years before the cross, it was pinned about Jesus. Verse 3 says, He was despised and rejected of men. Now remember, I'm saying that the punishment has to equal the crime. Okay? He was despised and rejected of men. Despised he was so hated by the world that they threw up with such hatred. That's what despise means. You despise someone so bad that it, you ache and you regurgitate. That's what the world thought of Jesus 720 years before he was, went to the cross. He was despised and rejected of men his, his body was unrecognizable and we hid our face from it, Isaiah said. He was despised and rejected and we turned our backs because he wasn't even pretty to look at. For God so loved the world. It talks about iniquity, transgressions, sins, by his stripes we are healed. Everything that was contrary to the will of God went on Christ at that cross. Not one sin did he leave out. He was wounded, he was bruised for our iniquity, our transgressions. By his stripes we are healed. Every sin, sickness, and disease, every, everything that is contrary to God, is, he took to that cross. Amen. For God so loved the world. Now, I know what several of you are doing right now. You're looking up there to see if your sin is on that cross. 
It is. It's there. It might not be where you can see it, but, but it's up there. The greater love required the greatest pain. Now, Jesus could have said, well, hey, murder and stealing, let's just do it for that. And, and, and no. Every transgression, every sin, every sickness, every disease, Jesus took on his body because for love to be fulfilled, there had to be the greatest hurt and pain and agony. Are you understanding that? I guess, I guess to put it in every day is you have a son or you have a daughter that's just absolutely gone anti-God, anti-Christ. She's done everything in the world. She's done everything in the world to hurt you, to, 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 to cause you pain as a parent. And you, you cry at night. You just keep waiting for that phone call to come that something else has happened. But yet you still love her. You still pray for her. Her activity doesn't change your love. For God so loved the world. He didn't leave anybody out. He didn't say, oh, well, you that killed those 200 people in, that were going to church. For God so loved the world. So all of it is put on the cross. My sin, I could go up there and I could point to seven or eight that are mine. I only remove them when I say that I have no sin. Those sins are up there because I have asked God to forgive me of my sins. Hallelujah. And we're, that's what we're celebrating today. For God so loved the world. He said, Jack, I'm going to take every one of your sins, your sicknesses, your disease, your hurts, your pains, and your sorrow, and I'm going to take them to the cross. That whosoever would believe in me, you'll have eternal life. And see, we think eternal means when we die. No, eternal means right now. Hallelujah. Are oh, you understand what I'm trying to convey this morning? The Bible, the story of, of, of Jesus, and Isaiah 53, and then also the New Testament, seven things that, that he endured at the going to the cross. We know that the number seven means completeness. What happened to him? For God so loved the world that those seven had to com be complete so that love would be manifested. It says that he was bound in the garden. They, they put him in, in fetters, it says, and chained him up. They stripped him of his clothes. They made him naked before mankind, which was deplorable. Deplorable for a man to be seen naked. They stripped him of his clothes and they put on his, that purple uh, crown. Oh, I got to do something. Hand me that under your purse. Ron, would you help me? Hand me that. Bring that to me. Now, I, yeah, you better keep it in the box, Bubba. It'll bite you. <laughs> Thank you, sir. Okay. 
a lady in our church made this for me. And she brought it to me. And I took it out of the bag and I put it in my hands and it pricked me about seven times. And I bled. They took this crown, they put it on his head and it says, and they pressed so that blood ran down the side of his face. If I were just to hand this to my brother right now, it would prick prick his hands. They bound him, they stripped him, they crowned him, they mocked him. If you be the son of God, come down off of that cross. You're not who you say you are. The next thing from being naked is to spit on someone. You are not worth a dog. If someone spits in your face, they are telling you, you are worthless. They spit on him. They took a reed and they smote him. They whipped him, but that wasn't the worst. Whipping wasn't the worst. The scourging was the worst. The scourging was with a whip that had pieces of glass and cut rock in the very ends of them. And it was about 10 feet long. And as you were bound, they would take that whip and they would whip you so that it would wrap around you and then dig into your side. And then when they released it, it would pull your skin away. And Isaiah 52 says he was unrecognizable as a man. Seven times the completeness. In Matthew 16, Jesus asked his disciples, and I think that's where we've come to today. Jesus asked his disciples in Matthew 16, whom do men say that I am? Do we know this man that took every sin, sickness, and disease and iniquity and transgression on that cross for me? Do do, do we know? And he said, he said, who, who do people say that I am? And, and some say, oh, wow, you're Elijah. You're John the Baptist come back from the dead. You're a mighty teacher. You're a great prophet. But that has nothing to do with for God so loved the world. And he said, that's not sufficient. And he looked at Peter and he said, Peter, whom do you say? I think every one of us is named Peter. We come to that place to where He's not a prophet. He's not just a teacher. He's not just a John come back. But who do we say that Jesus had to know? Whom do men say that I am? Peter, Peter, whom do men say that I am? And Peter said, you're the Christ, the son of the living God. Now, this comes by revelation, folks. It doesn't come by going to church. He said, blessed are you, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood has not revealed that to you, but my father which is in heaven and upon this rock, I will build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. And I'm going to give you the keys to the kingdom. Four verses later, Jesus is thinking, wow, I finally, someone knows who I am. I believe that I can convey to them what's going to happen. 
since, since you know I'm the Christ, the Son of the living God, let me tell you what's going to happen. We're going to go to Jerusalem. I'm going to be convicted. I'm going to be beaten. I'm going to, I'm going to suffer. And on the third day, I'm going to rise. Hallelujah. I don't think Peter heard that. All Peter heard was we were going to Jerusalem and I'm going to suffer. And he said, not on, over my dead body. Not while I'm around, it isn't going to happen. But see, here's where, for God so loved the world that it was going to happen. And man was not going to stop it. Why? Because God so loved the world. And so he rebuked Peter. But then in, in Hebrews 12, it says, fixing our eyes upon Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith, for the joy that was set before him, he endured the cross. Amen. Put your hand right here. Repeat after me. My name, My name is, joy. is joy. For God, for God. so love joy. Are you understanding that? Yes. Now, there's a gulf between us and that cross. Yeah. Unless an action is taken on our part, we'll never understand the love that's on that part. Because I, I, I get the revelation that God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. That Jack, if you'll believe, you'll not perish, but you'll have everlasting life. I got that. I got that. And then he shows me all of my sins, sickness, disease, infirmities, and transgressions. He took on that cross so I wouldn't have to carry them. Amen. I don't have to carry that stuff. Jesus took it to the cross. Amen. He took my sins, my fornication, my lying, my blasphemy, my jealousy, my infamy. He took all of that to the cross. And I say, thank you, Lord. Amen. He took it because I acknowledge it. I ask forgiveness for it. Father, forgive me. And it stays on that cross. Mm. Back to Isaiah. For the transgression of my people was he stricken. Verse 40. Yet it pleased God. Does everybody remember the first time you ever read that? I didn't like that. I didn't understand it. What? It pleased God for this person to endure all of that it pleased God because of joy for God so loved the world the greatest love is exhibited because of the greatest hurt pain and sorrow and love overshadowed all of that because he knew we were going to do it but yet the drop of blood I've asked the Lord 
There was a lot of blood shed when Jesus left the Garden of Gethsemane. Does everybody understand that? I mean, in that four days before he got to the cross, he was scourged and whipped. His hair was pulled out. So there was, there was, there was a trace of blood. But when he got to, when he got to the cross, the, this crown of thorns is on his head, so blood is streaming down. But in the midst of him on the cross, it said a centurion took a spear. He's already dead. It's not said that this was something that was customary for a dead man on a cross. It wasn't customary to stick him in the side with a spear. But this centurion did. And it said blood and water left his body. This was right after Jesus said, it is completed. The greatest love known to mankind was exhibited to us on that cross. For God so loved the world. But then the good news is, three days later, he came out of the grave. The stone was rolled away. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. For God so loved the world. We're celebrating today. For God so loved the world. He so loved us that whosoever. He didn't say so that everyone. He said that so whosoever would acknowledge that and ask forgiveness for their sins. And I, I just would propose that we're here today because we understand that uh, he, God raised him from the dead. But we need to know that our sin, sickness, and disease is on that cross once we acknowledge it and we ask God to forgive us of our sins. Amen. Is he an awesome God? Is he an awesome God? Whom do men say that I am? You're the Christ, the Son of the living God. That's what we're celebrating today. The love that surpasses anything that we can imagine. When someone's inflicted the greatest harm to you, and you can still love and pray for that person. That's the kind of love that God had. When he looked around heaven, he said, I've got to have the greatest exhibition of love that there's ever been. And Jesus, you're it. My only begotten son, the best that I have. You know, I think Abraham and Isaac was a foreshadow of God giving up his son. Abraham took Isaac. Abraham said he'd be the father of a, of a many nation. And Isaiah was going to be the, he's the first one. And God said, take your son up to Mount Moriah. And sacrifice him to me. Abraham had such faith in God that he said, me and the boy are going to go up, but we shall return. And God provided a substitute. Amen. Amen. The greatest faith. Wow. Without faith, it's impossible to please God. So our faith in that cross, our faith in the ultimate price that was paid for us to have life and life more abundantly 
and all we do is recognize how great a love that is. Now, what God wants us to do is then for us to exhibit that same love. And that person that we think we can't forgive, the greater love. Come on now. It's up there. Unforgiveness is up there. Well, I don't know if I can ever forgive that person. Well, ask God to help you. And when you do that, you'll get to the place where you can forgive. Because I believe that's when you truly forgive. When, when I came to that place to where I, I, I didn't forgive someone, but when I came to the place where I could forgive them, I truly understand that God forgave me. Hallelujah. Amen. Stand to your feet with me this morning. Thank you, Lord. Give the Lord a hand clap. Do you need to come up? Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. You know, Easter, Easter is special. Of course, it's special, but... I think the more revelation that we have of that cross every day is Easter. I get up every day for God so loved the world. And we are made in his image and in his likeness. And that love has been imparted to each and every one of us. I can be very truthful. I love you a lot more now than I used to love you. (laughs) I mean, the world. We're growing. I choose to love because God so loved the world. Amen. Bow your heads. Father, we praise you. Father, we thank you for the power that's in your word. And Father, if there's anyone in the listening of my voice, Lord, and, it, and this is not a day about conviction or remorse. Father, it's a day of understanding how much you love us, your children. If you're here today and you maybe don't know this Lord the way that a lot of us are talking about and you'd like to invite him into your heart today, it's the simplest thing. You don't have to go to the cross. You just have to say, Lord, (laughs) I accept you as Lord and Savior. I believe that God raised you from the dead. that's, That's what you do. And you know what? God does all the rest. Matter of fact, let's just, let's just all confess it. Heavenly Father, I come to you today and I ask, Lord, for you to forgive me of my sins. Save me, sanctify me, set me apart. I desire to serve you the rest of my life. And I say, for God so loved me that he gave his only begotten son. I receive that today. I give you praise for it in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. Thank you, Lord.